good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, Hindi Cup again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Ogama, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. And this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Right on. Hey, uh, we do the news here, Ogama, uh, and there's a lot of weather news. I don't know what you got cooking today, uh, but uh, it's it's weighing heavily on us. It's national and everything. We're going to have like uh, very cold weather here in Minnesota and uh, very windy snow and for a couple days. And um, some people call that winter, and I call it, wow, I, I need to get a condo in Florida is what I call it. Ho wah. So, you know, I seen I seen somebody post the other day. I don't know how many more Midwest winters I got in me, dog, and that's kind of <laughs> how I feel. Wow. Um, yeah, so I do have a little bit of weather news today, Robert. Right. Um, Bushu, everybody. This is Ogama Kanuakwe. I'm a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota. Most of Minnesota, a big chunk of Minnesota, is in a winter storm warning. There is a wind chill advisory in effect from 6 p.m. this evening until 10 a.m. Wednesday um, in parts of north and central and northeast Minnesota, uh, pretty much stretching from about, uh, I don't know, about Reamer area all the way down to um, just about the bottom half of Mille Lacs Lake. Uh, so, in that area is uh, where we're at for the winter storm wind chill effect. But we also have a winter storm warning that's in effect from 6 a.m. on Wednesday tomorrow to noon on Saturday. That is a really long time to be in a winter storm warning. There's going to be heavy snow expected anywhere between 5 to 7 inches. Winds gusting as high as 45 miles an hour and wind chills as low as 30 below zero. That is Crow Wing, Northern Aiken, and Southern Aiken counties, tribal lands of the Mille Lacs Band, Big Sandy Lake, and East Lake areas. Um, that is just for today and tomorrow. And I do believe that they are expecting uh, those that storm to... Um, also hit the metro uh, shortly after it hits up north here. Um, so it's going to be um, it's going to be another doozy, right, Robert? Yes, doozy is a good per- good word for an old person. So that was good, Ogama. You're getting older now. A doozy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the last time we had a storm like this, uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, many of the uh, law enforcement and weather agencies were saying things like, we are not kidding, like, don't don't try to go places, you know, like, I think there's, there's a lot of people who can't help but have to go places, too. You know, we have our people who work in retail, we have our people who work in healthcare, we have our people who work in... Um, you know, schools or other places where, you know, even if there is a winter storm warning, they're not able to get to work, they're still doing work. Um, there are people who don't have a choice but to be out in this weather. And there are also our unhoused relatives who also don't have a choice but to be out in this type of weather. So as we come into another week and another weekend um, of going through uh, strong winds, cold weather, snow, and whiteout conditions into Thursday and Friday, and dangerous wind chills through Christmas, I want to remind everybody to please slow down and arrive alive and to be kind to those relatives. You never know if the person who's driving 10 miles an hour in front of you, you know, it may be somebody with a brand new baby in the car. It may be a brand new driver. It may be an elder who is not trusting their reflexes anymore and they want to go really slow to make sure that they're safe. Remember to be kind to those relatives and to not get angry and just blow past them and put yourself and other people in danger. 
And yeah. if you can um, extend a hand out to our unhoused, rel- unhoused relatives, offer offer things if you can, socks, warm mittens, extra coats, um, food and warm Warm drinks are also always appreciated to our unhoused relatives. If you have the time, make sure you can make a donation to um, a local shelter or a soup kitchen for our relatives because it is going to be dangerously cold. And I, yeah. I hate to see it in the news, but I know every time we have one of these big storms, Robert, we lose we lose an unhoused relative or, or a small child or, or somebody in this type of weather. You know, I just got to give uh, Angelica a quick shout out for uh, sitting in on the news yesterday for you, Ogama. Uh, yes. We talked about that, and she had uh, really good points that her mom talks about having almost like a little kit in your car, whether it's money, whether it's mittens, whether it's hats, to be able to give to our homeless people that are out there um, needing help. So two two things with that, Ogma, I want to give Angelica a big shout out for uh, stepping up and doing the news yesterday and then also really contributing with a lot of really good information like that. Yes, absolutely. And that is so important that we take that time and offer those respect to our unhoused relatives because unhoused or housed, a relative is a relative. And, um, we need to let go of that colonized mindset that a relative who is unable to be housed at this time um, is somehow less than any other relative that you would find. You know, they deserve to be warm and to be fed and taken care of just like everybody else. And unfortunately, the U.S. government system has not um, caught up with that yet. But as relatives and good relatives to our people, we are able to do that and, you know, extend that to all people, you know, and all people are. And, you know, Ogama too, uh, you know, we have $17 billion, uh, uh, $17 billion that we can, uh, get from the government. We have money. Um, I always talk about, you know, one, B two bombers a billion dollars, and uh, let's just make one less. You know, right. uh, let's just make one less. I mean, how many times can you blow up the world and be, you know, a stealth bomber? Let's just make one less and help our relatives uh, that are less fortunate, and uh, you know, uh, be a, a Christian, I guess, maybe. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some hypocrisy that I think people um, at this time of year, it's always important to. Um, acknowledge within some people that um, we need to, you know, walk our talk. Um, and if we really believe these things, we need to take the time to take action on those things. So um, I do have one more uh, piece of news here in the uh, Resist Line 3, Stop Line 3 movement. Um, there is another Flood the Courts event tomorrow, Wednesday, December 21st. First, at 8.30 a.m., it is at the St. Louis County Courthouse on 5th Avenue in Duluth, Minnesota. It's been about two years now since construction on Line 3 started, and the court system is still cycling through water protectors. And uh, many of the people who um, stood up to take a stand against Line 3 have been subjected to violence, and um, treaties are continuing to be dishonored. So. Oops, I think uh, I lost you there. You it's know. okay. I think I'm having, can you hear me? Yeah. You sound okay, like. Okay, uh, sorry. I think my mic just went out. So hang, hang tight with me. But um, <laughs> so uh, flood the courts event in Duluth uh, tomorrow on January 21st at 8 a.m. And there's also going to be an in-person jury trial January 11th excuse me, 10th, 11th, and 12th uh, for the Aiken County District Court. And if you remember, I did report on Aiken County who um, had their uh, sheriff uh, in with a bit of a, a news bit, bit uh, basically saying that he was um, taking action to um, do illegal things against water protectors. I believe it was uh, The Intercept or another one of those news outlets that had uh, done something on that. But um 
And then we also have um, Winona LaDuke, who's continuing in court. She is the last remaining Shell River defendant, and the court has dismissed charges against others, but the state is refusing to dismiss her case. And December 14th, she appeared in court uh, to continue to be a guardian for the Shell River, um, but there's no other updates on that. So for those of you who have been looking for updates on that, we have a little bit of news on that. And then also, Robert, I don't know if you know this, but the Seminole Tribe is now running the Mirage on the Las Vegas Strip. 3,000 wow. room hotel and 80 acres is the first on the Las Vegas Strip to be run by a tribe. So congratulations to the Seminole Nation um, and Hard Rock inter, um, International owner and operator uh, for their new acquisition of the Mirage. And uh, best of luck to you as you um, continue that. Uh, Seminoles, stay out of our territory. That's all I have to say. Oh, who? Uh, <laughs> We'll be right back. It's Hard Rock Cafe is what it is. Uh, we'll be right back after this short break. Uh, stay with us. We got Nancy Bolio, Bemidji 350, MN350. We'll be right back. Stay with us, please. When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit, there will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's MNSure.org. MNSure.org. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. This is Winona LaDuke of Honor the Earth, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey everyone, this portion of the show is brought to you by MN Sure. If you're looking for a way to afford health insurance uh, in the new year, make sure you head over to mnsure.org. Most Minnesotans qualify for assistance, assistance paying with their health care and uh, their prescriptions. Again, that's mnsure.org. Hey, thanks, Ogama. Hey, we have Nancy Bolio on of MN350, Bemidji 350, and just all around a groovy person. And you're up there in the deep north. How cold are you? <laughs> oh, dear, Robert. I haven't even looked. I just kind of um, take a look, see at all the uh, house plants I have. <laughs> try to keep myself of the, the warm weather coming and not focus on the cold. But, you know, I want to uh, reflect on what uh, Ogama just talked about, our, our homeless relatives and you know, it's usually the poor helping the poor. And, um, you know, sometimes we just got to dig a little deep, look in between the cushions and find a way to help support them. Because, um, you know, on um, a Monday, I no Sunday, actually, um, I dug deep and I'm poor, just like most of our relatives. But uh, 
I went and gave what I could and, and it meant a lot to, to them. And um, I normally don't uh, give myself a shout out like that, but um, I felt, you know, with hard times, the inflation, um, there's a lot of people out there that could really use um, support during this holiday season, during these cold weather temps and, um, you know, that's, this is the season of giving. It's, it's more than gift giving and wanting that something you've wanted all year long. We have to learn to let go of those, those wants and help our people that have needs. And so this year I'm doing it a little bit different and, and it's giving back to the people that need it the most. And I remember being there myself. So, um, yeah, it, it makes me feel better and, um, you know, um, it really helps them too. And, that's what it's yeah. really about. And, I remember being so poor I couldn't pay attention. Right. You know, and, you know, I, I just want to give a shout out to all the programs that were actually out there giving me a hand up and not a handout, and but really believing in me because, uh, again, you know, that's um, how I became the person that I am today. Just, you know, not in the world of work, but in my artistic uh ways and, and all kinds of goodness that um, I found out that I have. And me and my son just talked about this yesterday, how so much um, um, talent is lost because our people are, you know, left at that, at the starting line. You, you ever watch that video where they, you know, the kids race for a hundred dollars and they start, start off by asking um, if you have both parents in the house, step forward. You know, I was stuck at the, the start and um you know, it was really difficult being, you know, youth <laughs> and wanting, you know, to be a better person. But I didn't have the opportunity to be the basketball star I wanted to be. But, um, you know, it's us that have to help make that difference and, and be there for our children. And and so, you know, Robert, I have a, a overdue shout out and I, I want to give that to, um, you know, uh my daughter, Katie North, my son-in-law, Tom Barrett, for their hard work and commitment in making the Red Lake Nation Youth Shelter possible. And the shelter just opened up recently in October. And the Red Lake Nation Youth Shelter provides free shelter that is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, including holidays for youth ages 5 to 17, experiencing immediate personal or family crisis. And it's it's uh, one of one of a kind, first of a kind thing that happened in Red Lake. And it was an honor to be there for the open house. And, you know, my daughter has a, a background in social work. She's a graduate of BSU. And just her upbringing with me, I used to be a foster mom, kind of opened the doors to my daughter, um, getting herself involved in social work and, and wanting to make a difference because I came from dysfunction. Um, most of my um, aunties and uncles and my mother, they were alcoholics. And it was the community um, at the Waite House in Minneapolis that came and saved us. And so um, I felt um, as an adult, I needed to do, give something back and then um, break the dysfunction um, that, you know, many of our families experience because of disparities um, that the system has given us. And so um, I want to thank my daughter for being a better mom than I was. And a big shout out to her partner, Tom, who has a background in social studies and political science. And he's the CEO of the Red Lake Boys and Girls Club. And he's also uh, a school board member in Red Lake. And they both teach uh, um, basketball for the um, Little League, um, the middle school and the high school junior varsity and both of these two are so committed and they have so much passion to make a difference and be there for the kids who don't have a positive role model otherwise and you know going back to what I was talking about my childhood in Minneapolis um, it was those people at that weight house that didn't ask questions and didn't put me in a place where I didn't belong in a foster care system and they believed in me and my sisters and um i want to give a big shout out to angel and angel i'll never know or see her again um she was a, a black woman she had a big afro beautiful woman and she took care of us my mom couldn't her in the white house and so you know you ever hear of that thing it takes a village to raise a child there's yeah. a lot of truth so a big shout out to Tom and Katie for making it possible. And um, they're fine examples of what we 
can do as everyday people to to be that difference and um, inspire other um, people to do the same and have our uh, role models for our children to look up to. Well, I really feel like uh, that was a great story. Um, and what a great name. Uh, angel was your angel. Um, and uh, those are great stories to hear and to play it for, pay it forward. And uh, your kids are a reflection of you. And uh, I know uh, also he's a, your son-in-law is a, a rapper too. And uh, he does good work and with the kids and they all, they all groove and dig on him too for uh, that reason too, you know? So there, there's art all around Nance. Right. And, you know, many people know Thomas, Thomas X. And, you know, um, I, I couldn't ask for, you know, a better example of, of a, a son-in-law, you know, and not to say that these are the perfect people in the whole world. You know, everybody has their issues. But, you know, when it comes to um, getting through those issues, those those hard times and, and still being strong enough for the children really says a lot to me. And I I, I couldn't be more grateful than having, you know, raised my children in the right way right way despite the dysfunction I come from and sometimes you know I had to be vulnerable and admit where I come from and um it's a sad past but you know what I I took all those bad things and made something better for myself and when I foster children I always told them no matter how bad it gets you still have control of your thoughts and what you can do moving forward so I, I think I was an inspiration to a lot of the foster kids that came through my home and I primarily focused on our native children because uh I know the mistreatment in in the foster care system is 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 really rough, and uh, many of these non-native homes have become the new residential homes, uh, you know, residential schools, I should say, for our children. And I'm going to ask some of our relatives who who can have capacity or make the capacity to be a foster parent, please do that because our children need us, and it is us, people like myself and my daughter, and and you know to help make that difference and, and create those beautiful spaces where our children feel they have hope. You know, we all need hope, Robert. Yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, you know, we got a couple minutes here and, uh, again, great stories and a great feeling. And we always get a lot of comments when you're on, uh, Nancy, a lot of positive comments. Uh, um, you know, Shantae says she loves you and, uh, I, I just want to switch gears here this last minute, and we can talk about whatever you want. The next segment is uh, in Ogama's report, it seems like uh, Winona LaDuc is the last person standing up there in court. Is Are they trying to make an uh, uh, example of her, or what have you heard up there? You know, actually, Robert, I haven't been paying too much, or much attention lately, and you know, because I focus a lot on my work. But you know, I think Winona is a, a powerful woman, and I think they're um, intimidated by her and and what she can bring to the table. So, uh, a big shout out to her and all the water protectors that are, you know, still in the court system. And um, again, even our uh, firelight defendants, our non-native, uh, their case was uh, turned down for a dismissal. So they too. Um, um, have to go into a court. Oh, I don't even know when that's going to happen, but I know it's a trial court. And again, I'll have to be a witness, but you know, a big miigwetch to all those water protectors. Uh, they were courageous. They sacrificed, you know, because we're all busy, but you know what? We really need to prioritize protecting our water and, and making sure that um, the seven generations have, you know, all the good things that we had. So again, you know, a big shout out to all the people still facing trial. And I think, uh, you know, the judges come to an understanding that treaties still matter and we're still here. And our case proved to the state that they lacked, the state of Minnesota lacked subject matter jurisdiction over the Anishinaabe protecting their natural resources on or off the reservation. And I think um, Clearwater County, um, and the White Earth Court kind of, you know, I should say Clearwater County itself, but the sheriff really understood that um, clean water makes sense to all living things. Hey, we're here you with know. Nancy Polio uh, Bemidji 350. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show? 
How about we go to Jay Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul. They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable. I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret. You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jayselby's.com. Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at Jay Selby's tonight. I'm hungry. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer Bivalent Booster. The updated Bivalent Booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086. Hey, Minnesota, it's Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, and host of the Bradcast, weeknights at 7 on AM 950. Check out the award-winning Hazel's Northeast in Minneapolis on the corner of 29th and Johnson for a delicious meal any time of the day. Breakfast favorites include Jean's Mean Fried Egg Sandwich and the Drunken Banana French Toast. While for dinner, try selections like the fabulous Swedish Meatballs or Wild Rice Gumbo. Hazel's Northeast is located on the corner of 29th Avenue and Johnson Street, just a few minutes away from 35W. View Hazel's menu, make a reservation, or place a takeout order at hazelsne2go.com. Thanks to everyone who supported AM 950 for the last three years. Good news. The AM 950 2023 calendar is ready to go, featuring photos I took around Minnesota and important progressive dates. If you sign up to become a member with a one-time $50 membership or recurring monthly membership of $10, you'll receive a 2023 AM 950 calendar as a thank you gift. Go to am950radio.com to become a member and receive a calendar. That's am950radio.com. Thank you so much for supporting AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Don't be surprised if you hear your name when you walk into St. Paul Corner Drug. Our experienced staff make getting to know you their top priority. Developing a trusting relationship with our patients is the first step in providing personalized care that achieves the best outcomes possible. Make certain all your providers know who you are and what your needs are. It is a vital step in your well-being. Stop by St. Paul Corner Drug today to start a relationship with a staff that cares. St. Paul Corner Drug, pharmacy the way it should be. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lulia. Chance of snow tonight, low of 10 below zero with a wind chill of 20 below zero. Then Wednesday, snow expected, high of 7 above, wind chills of 17 below. Whether you're dining in or dining out, eat local Minnesota restaurants and food purveyors will make your next meal one to remember. Visit the full list of Eat Local Minnesota restaurants and food purveyors at eatlocalminnesota.com. Bijou. I am Oshawashko Gijig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, hey, hey. We're here with Nancy Bolio of MN350 and Bemidji350, and we're just... Uh, Kind of talking about gratitude here in the first uh, segment, uh, you know, on you connect the dots backwards and uh, all the people that have helped me in my lifetime and uh, trying to pay it forward. Um, and you're doing that, Nancy, with your kids, your grandkids and, and all the work you do out there. And it, it all came from somewhere and you were talking about angels. So that was 
That was pretty pretty heavy duty. Uh, a little story you just said or just told us. Right, my sis, my twin sister. Actually, I have a twin, <laughs> uh, but uh, she says we should find Angel, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. So I, I don't know how to begin that process, but someday soon I'm going to do that because um, I'm so grateful for that. I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of things today, Robert. One of them being um, my tribe, Leech Lake here in northern Minnesota, um, is going to create and adopt their own water standards set above the state and federal water standards. Um, they're going to do that in January 2023, and they're going to flex their sovereignty and self-determination to protect and preserve our way of life here on Leech Lake. And, um, you know, they too know that water is life. So a big shout out to Leech Lake uh, Nation for um, being strong. So <laughs> it means a lot to me. And yeah. um, again, you know, um, we we see more and more of, you know, these tribes and, and people talking about treaties because they still matter. And, and, and it fuels the fire of me continuing to do what I do. So, yeah, there was a lot of good news around here. Um, uh, again, uh, a, a shout out to the Beltrami County GFL organizing unit for allowing me to run for the director's position. And, um, you know, back that up a little bit, Robert, when we first started um, going to the precinct caucuses, uh, when we brought the treaty resolution forth, we the treaty resolution actually got... Um, uh, actually received number one in the votes. Got most of the votes. Treaty resolution. Wow. Then, yeah, and then we had an opportunity to take it to the Minnesota DFL State Convention in Rochester. We got just a little over 90% of delegates to support the treaty les- a resolution. And so uh, moving forward, collectively, we want to build on community based on people power locally. So we're going to start to lean in. I'm going to teach them how to do that as uh, one of the directors and um, remind them that these votes are our voices and that this D- DFL party organizing um, when it comes to voting is not just going to be here to take our votes anymore and run off with our votes and forget about the issues because those issues do matter to us. And I think in midterms 2022, uh, we found ways where we can further lean in. And it's really about, um, you know, caring and, and listening and being there for our people when they have um, needs that need to be addressed. So I'm really excited to um, move that um you know, community building forward with the help of the uh, Beltrami County Organizing Unit. And again, I will not let them tokenize us because that's not what we're about here. So, and yesterday, Robert? Yeah. We had some even more exciting news. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, um, we had a historical moment at the Bemidji City Council uh, just yesterday. The tribal flags of the Red Lake, Leech Lake, and Whiter tribal nations were posted as an act of solidarity um, in its uh, ongoing efforts and continued partnership. So um, it seems huge, but it's also small. It's kind of like a land acknowledgement. Those flags can fly, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we need some action. So there's a lot of good work to do, and I think it means that as a native community here in northern Minnesota, we're going to show up to these city council meetings and hold their feet to a fire um, in a good way, Robert, and remind them that we're still here and that flying those flags uh, um, is only a small step forward and there's so much more work to do because we know uh, there's discrimination and failure to honor the treaties um, are still out there. So we must um, remember that the disparities and the gaps that remain in our community um, as a uh, new council comes in, that there's more work to build those bridges um, and build our community. So uh, a big chimi gwich to Dan Jordan. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a Red band member and he's the um, current, this is his last term though, so it's sad to see him move on, but he's a, a counselor at large and uh, he was instrumental into making this happen along with Audrey Thayer, who was one of our elders from the wider tribal nation. Um, again, I don't think this would have hap- ever happened had um, our relatives not ran for office because it probably would have been mostly non-native people there. And I'm sure they would have never even discussed the issue of flying our flags and 
building bridges between the three tribal nations that bring economic prosperity to Beltrami County. And so um, listening to our speakers yesterday, we had um, Daryl Siki, the Red Lake chairman. We had Mike Fairbanks, the White Earth chairman. And we had Leroy Staples. Um, he is our District 3 rep from um, Leech Lake. Our tribal chairman couldn't make it. But, you know, they all address the discrimination and um, the economic prosperity we bring to this county and how we must heal and work together collectively to make better things happen. And I feel along with, you know, uh, this relationship building, our treaty win, and, you know, people like myself uh, continuing to show up and build relationships built around treaty is really key to moving forward and finding change in places that we would never expect them. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're all over Wisconsin. We're on uh, 11 uh, other stations live uh, on the Civic Media Network. And I just want to, uh, when we talk treaties too, I just want to uh, talk about the 1855 uh, treaty uh, that the Ho-Chunk uh, Winnebago uh, near Long Prairie uh, and Blue Riff Blue Earth River signed a treaty along with the uh, other 13 uh, tribes here. And uh, Ho-Chunk are treaty people here in Minnesota too. And we just all have to remember that. And I like to bring that up uh, because I am Ho-Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and again, you know, a lot of people don't know that. And that's why I say it's always important to listen to your show, Robert, because knowledge is power. And I think the more that um, we um, teach our folks and build awareness and relationships uh, moving forward. I think there's a, a lot of goodness that we can do in building our, our, our people power, our power. That's, this is our power, Robert. And, you know, thinking about our work at the Minnesota DFL and um, in some of the other spaces that we, we, we hold, we like to um, see ourselves as a treaty people delegation. Cause again, treaties are nonpartisan and, you know, so, when we talk DFL, um, I'm not really DFL. I'm really a treaty person, Robert, and I'm there to remind that party. Um, right. They kind of knock on the Republicans' doors, too, but they don't like to answer. But we're going to continue to show up, and we're really excited. Um, one of the things that we're looking forward to is having a Treaty 101 presentation at the Libertarians uh, Convention in April of 2020. Wow. So, yeah, um, we're being called on to show up and um, spread that awareness, and that's a big part of my work. Wow, the Libertarians, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're coming forward here. They want to know about treaties. That's awesome. Um, you know, being 61 years old and not being brought up with any of this knowledge of treaties or uh, what our people did or what, what we've gone through and kind of being in the inner city here, uh, hiding out in cracks until, you know, a junior in high school. I always talk about, you know, is when we were able to, uh, uh, I was a junior in high school and we were able to, uh, you know, do our own religion out, out in the open. And it's just the irony of that because of this country was supposed to be based on uh, freedom of religion is kind of a joke. And so we always want to keep our eyes open with what's going on. We we don't want our politicians to come in for the two months before the election and um, start uh, saying how great we are and then disappear. And so it's really great that you're uh, staying plugged in, Nancy, because we have to hold everybody accountable and not just our politicians, but everyone. Right. I think we all have to do our part. And, you know, and Aji uh, Thayer spoke to that last night about being elected uh, an official that, you know, they're not going to always make the decisions um, because they actually serve the people. And I think, you know, yesterday was a good reminder to the rest of the city council that, you know, it's time to really listen to the community, especially our indigenous community, because again, uh, we're a big part of uh, the economic prosperity and we also have solutions to pollutions. <laughs> and I think, you know, our culture will bring a lot of that forth and, um, creating spaces and, and holding that space in a peaceful, powerful way is really key to defending our treaties, even our, our whole chunk relatives, you know, here in Minnesota. So I encourage uh, people just to step out of their comfort zones and keep showing up because in the beginning of all this work, Robert, I remember being gaveled. I remember being talked down to. Wow. I remember being missed. But you know what? We kept showing up and we kept showing up in a good way until we were finally heard. And now it's like yesterday at the, um, 
at the city council. It was so positive, Robert, and I, I knew every elected official there because that's my goal is to keep showing up and reminding them that they work for us and that treaties matter. So all you people out there listening, I want you all to do the same. Just keep showing up and don't let them beat you down because you know what? This is our power and we're going to keep showing up and reminding them that we're still here. Wow. You know, Nancy, that is such a great point. Um, you know, people, you you know, 90% of life is showing up and when you, when you show up, uh, some of these politicians possibly in your original um, escapade with them are, are no longer around. So you have a new group of people that think you've been around forever because they just came around. So show up and uh, and speak your mind and, and be there. Uh, that That's such a great, great point. Right. And, you know, we, we have some um, uh, new new ones coming in. They're going to be sworn in on July 3rd. And some of those are non-Native allies. And um, we're talking about some local get-togethers and, and building on that treaty relationship. So that's going to be some of my work moving forward into 2023. And I can't thank uh, the voters enough for showing up and voting. But, Robert, we also have a lot of work to do for 2024 because I'm in a red district here and we we can't have that and so um looking into 2024 and building community open knocking your door so be waiting for it awesome what great way to end it nancy bolio bemidji 350 our treaty lady uh wow that kind of rhymed uh up in the in the deep north thank you so much for uh dropping in and being on as usual and uh you know, I guess our next next segment, Ogma, it's going to be you and me talking about uh, hardships of uh, being who we are. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, we'll be right back after this short, short break. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Peeny Gigi, Nancy. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. We at AM950 wanted to offer more thank you gifts for the great listeners who have become members. Brand new for 2023, AM950 has the new National Parks poster featuring photos I took at the National Parks. Members who sign up for a one-time $99.50 membership or a recurring $25 per month membership will receive the brand new AM950 National Parks poster and the AM950 2023 calendar as a thank you. Go to am950radio.com, click on the tab, and become a member now. Thank you so much for supporting AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves. Please join Howling for Wolves on Wolf Day, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023 at the Minnesota State Capitol. You can sign up on Howling for Wolves event page. Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Ho! Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Robert, are we howling again? <laughs> we be a hollowing all the time. <laughs> all right. This portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. Hey, 
Uh, welcome back. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. And um, I don't know, Ogma, I, I know you're a busy busy camper, but uh, see uh, some backlash here on the 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 Avatar here again. Uh, the first one was out in 2009, and now we have another one out here. And a lot of uh, Native Americans, including myself, uh, uh, feel like boycotting this movie, you know, um, there's a, a lot of Native American groups are protesting the release of James Cameron's Avatar. The sequel over uh, resurfaced comments from the director in 2010. Cameron campaigned against the building of a giant uh, hydraulic dam in the Amazon. Spoke about how he was inspired to write Avatar after learning from indigenous people. I felt like I was 130 years back in time watching with the Lakota Sioux might have been saying at that point when they were being pushed and being killed and they were being asked to displace and they were being given some form of compensation. Um, This was a driving force for me in writing Avatar. I couldn't help but think of of that. The Lakota Sioux uh, had a uh, time window and they could see their future and they could see their kids committing suicide at the highest rates and blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. this is why. Yeah, privilege. you know, <laughs> I, I've seen some of those comments. So so for everybody who's maybe not up to date with that, uh, James Cameron, the writer and uh, director, I believe, of Avatar 2, um, made a, made some comments to the God, Guardian um, news, news site um, saying basically that if the Lakota Sioux um, could have seen into the future and, and, and seen what what's happening in a lot of places and a lot of reservations now um, and said directly because they were hopeless and they were a dead end society, which is what is happening now, they would have fought a lot harder. So there's so much wrong with that statement literally so much and i don't disagree with the people who are calling for um boycotts of the film um some people are calling for protests stating that uh, james cameron made avatar to inspire all of our dead ancestors to quote fight harder um (laughs) This happens a lot with non-Native people when they write uh, stories that involve Native people. Um, they tend to imp- they they tend to put in their own perspective um, into the story, um, and they tend to write the story to fit that perspective. So he wrote this story to fit his perspective that he apparently believes that native people should have somehow fought harder, specifically the Lakota Sioux, but every native person um, and every indigenous community that existed on the planet earth has been colonized and uh, murdered and displaced through some form of through, throughout some place in history. Um, and, and continuing to tell people that, you know, this is a hopeless and a dead-end society um, and that if our ancestors would have fought harder, we would be in a better place. I mean, you would you would never say that. I, I don't think anybody would ever say that about, you know, Vikings or, or about, um, you know, uh, people who are big fans of Chris, Christopher Columbus. Like those same things would not be said about – you know, they're conquering that they would have done better had they fought harder, you know, like this is outrageous. Let's be clear. Um, when, uh, the settlers and I put the quotes up, uh, came, they came in thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and overwhelmed, uh, a lot of native communities. So native communities reached out in a good way and ended up, uh, regretting that, um, you know, and that's just a quick summary of, of what happened to a lot of our people because, uh, they, they lied to us in many ways. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we're getting close to, uh, the 1862, uh, Sioux uprising, which a lot of people like to call, uh, here in Minnesota and which, uh, entails, uh, the mass hanging of uh, 38, the largest mass hanging of uh, anybody, but uh, there were happened to be 38 uh, plus two Native Americans at Lincoln 
uh, signed a, a, to let hang here in uh, Mankato, Minnesota. And so, you know, the reason why that uprising came up uh, was because our people down there were being starved to death. And uh, they weren't given things that they were promised to them. And uh, one storm store owner said, let them eat grass. And uh, he was found murdered and uh, with grass stuffed in his mouth. So, you know, we like those stories, but we also know that we've been lied to, Ogma, for right. genera- generations. Exactly. And, you know, I, I've been reading on some of this on Twitter and uh, somebody talked about this term blue face um, that's been coined after the film came out, Avatar, the first film came out in 2009. So James Cameron essentially takes non-Indigenous folks to play the Na'vi characters, which is an alien race that is based on many indigenous cultures and based on meaning appropriated from and not only appropriated, but he takes those cultures and blends them together indiscriminately or blatantly and then has non-native people voice or play them. And it's a combination of red face, black face, yellow face and racist tools that creator used to justify not validating the experiences and voices of black indigenous and other marginalized people and people of color specifically. So this term blue face has been around af- since avatar came through. And, you know, initially when that first movie came out, I think I did really enjoy it initially And as time went on and I watched it more than one time, I was really starting to feel differently about it. And I, I came across this term several years ago and, and I agree where you just appropriate whatever you want. It's like you, you pull whatever you want down from underneath the kitchen sink about native people and their culture. And you just make up a a native culture. And as a non-native person, then you put your own perspective into it. And instead of actually talking with people who are indigenous, with people who are fighting these battles, you have just taken and made, uh, how much did the film gross? Um, oh, it's a top grossing film of all time. $435 million globally over the past weekend. Yes, um, yes. Off of the backs of the native people that uh, you believe should have fought harder um, to prevent their kids from committing suicide. I mean, yeah. like all of those things are happening because settlers came and, <laughs> and yeah. systematically destroyed and continued to systematically demean our culture and our ways of we life. Don't, and we don't have to, we don't have to see the movie. We can do a double thumb, thumbs down. We should probably get your husband on this show because there's more than one movie recently, uh, that we could talk about because, uh, you know, I had, you, you, you mentioned you kind of liked the first avatar and I did too, uh, before I started putting two to two together. But, uh, mm-hmm. what's that one, what's that one, uh, Disney show that came out with the, the blonde and the redhead, uh, the, that just came out a few Frozen, years ago. Frozen, that, yeah. uh, and that appropriated common... from, from the yeah. Sami people. Yes, in, yes. in Europe. There's an indigenous people called the Sami people and Frozen 2 uh, had quite a bit of appropriation from that. And we could talk about Moana as well, too, which appropriates from the Hawaiian people um, yeah. as well. And I mean, I think a lot of Native people are still fans of Avatar in the same way that they may be fans of Moana. Um, well, and we're all entitled to our are... opinions. But I just wanted to come out and talk about those comments well, being... Sickening. There's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that are still Packer fans too. Hey, great show, Ogama. Thanks, Nancy Bolio. We'll be back tomorrow. Native Ritz Radio presents. I'm awake. Free Leonard Peltier now.